Good evening, everybody, and thank you for listening to Canada Girl Speaks Podcast. I am your host, Barbara Kelly, and this evening I'm excited to introduce to the listening audience Dr. Alvaneda. He is Associate Superintendent for Corsicana Independent School District. So without further ado, I want to introduce the listening audience to Dr. Elmer Alvaneda. Thank you so much, Dr. Alvaneda, for being on Canada Girl Speaks Podcast. So... Introduce to the listening audience, you know, not introduce, but tell the listening audience who Dr. Alvinetti is. Well, well, let me start by saying, Ms. Kelly, I appreciate you having me on. I haven't missed a single one of your podcasts, and there's a trend there. There's a pattern. Every time I listen to the newest one, it gets better and better and better. So hopefully tonight, I, I don't end that streak. Hopefully I can continue that and make uh, make this podcast a little bit better than the previous one because I don't want to be the one to end it. So, again, I appreciate you having me on. Um, for those of you who I haven't had the pleasure of meeting face-to-face and for Mrs. Kelly's audience, um, online audience, my name is Dr. Elmer Vianeta. As she mentioned, I serve the Corsicana Independent School District as the Associate Superintendent. I'm going on my 11th year here in the district. I love it. I fell in love with it when I came to interview in 2009, um, and I decided to stay. I decided to stay, and it's been the best choice, not only for my career, um, but for many others that um, have helped me, that I've helped. And, and of course, um, the, the students of the district and the parents of the district. Um, I'm originally from Mexico. I'm an immigrant. I wasn't born here. I was born in Mexico. And, um, you know, if, if, if Ms. Kelly would have asked me four or five years ago to come on to her podcast and kind of talk a little bit about myself, I probably would have declined. I probably would have declined. And, and the reason for that is, you know, it's tough. You know, it's a tough story. Um, but over the years, as I've matured and as I've grown and learned, um, it is still a tough story. It's still a tough story, but I think it's applicable. I think it's um, needed to be shared um, because selfishly I was thinking that it was a tough story and I didn't want to share it because of myself. But nowadays, um, I want to share it for the others. Hopefully something I say or something uh, that I do, uh, or a response or reaction that I have will help others in their journey. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're all in this storm together. You know, we're all in the storm of life together. Everybody has their misfortunes. Everybody's got their triumphs. Everybody has um, obstacles in life. Um, but even though we're in the same storm together, we are in different boats. And some of the boats have more resources. Um, there may be some boats that are stronger, bigger, um, that may need to help the smaller boats that may be not doing well in rough waters. And in that uh, analogy is why I wanted to share my story tonight. And I accepted Mrs. Kelly's uh, invitation to her podcast um, because she has been a, a great determining factor for me over the years to share my story. Every year, every time 
we talk about me and how I'm doing, she always tells me, you have to share your story. So after 10, 11 years, I'm here, Miss Kelly, ready to share my story. All right. So you um, you recently became a um, U.S. citizen. You recently, you know, got went through your classes and all that. So now you are a legal U.S. citizen. And so um, you, we, you know, you talk about you know your story. And so tell the listening audience a little bit about you know your you know from you know just the whole you know from I guess the you know, the, from the beginning until up until, you know, you, you made that step into being uh, an official U.S. citizen. Yes, because, ma'am. You know, I, you know, like I said, I, I, want, I want you to share your story just for the benefit of maybe those that are listening, that are maybe, like you said, in, maybe have the same journey. And, and just the, the, you know, the hope that, you know, the desire, you know, just the whole dream of, you know, it's, it's possible, you know, for you to attain anything that you put your heart to, that you your Absolutely. heart's desire. Absolutely. And, and it, any dream is possible. You know, I'm living proof of that. If, if one is persistent in his pursuit of his or her dream, and if one is consistent in the pursuit of his or her dream, they'll attain it. So, like I mentioned earlier, I wasn't born here. I was born in Mexico. Um, we didn't have the resources that um, my mother, who, who was raising me, <clears throat> thought we needed in order for the children to be successful. You know, um, you know, Mexico at that time was just different. It didn't have the resources. The economy wasn't where it needed to be. Um, and she made the decision for the family to come to the United States, um, e- illegally, of course, <clears throat> And that happened in 1994. So, you know, being a mother uh, of four and making that decision, uh, you have to be visionary. Um, She left her entire family, um, her comfort. um, You were taken care of. You know, that's a vision that, that she had for us. She wanted us all to be educated to the maximum extent possible. And she felt that, uh, we were not going to be able to attain that goal where we were uh, with the lack of resources that we had. So in 94, she made the decision for the family to come to the United States. We, uh, I remember like it was yesterday. It was, a, it was late at night, maybe 2 or 3 in the morning, and we crossed uh, the Rio Grande um, right by Laredo. Um, so we came on the other side, which was the United States. We had... Um, we had a family member there waiting for us, and we ended up in a small town, a very small town <clears throat> in central Texas, because that's where the majority of our family members that we knew here in the United States were living. So my entire early educational experience um, involved a family, involved a unity, involved a woman, my mother, who who pressed on us, who instilled in us that, you know, no matter what we had or what we didn't have, um, we could ach- we, we, we could change the trajectory of our lives if we were to be educated. So nowhere along my entire educational career early on did I think 
it was impossible to attain a higher education just because my mother made it clear that that's what we were going to do. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. We were going to do that. And, and that's what we did. So progressed uh, early childhood through, through 12th grade in, in that small town, Crawford, Texas. Um, and then it, it, it came to be college time. And, and that was a very confusing time for me because all along my mother wanted us to go to college and we were going to go to college and we ended up going to college. But when I started applying to college, I had to check some boxes that made me realize that no matter how smart I was um, or how high I had graduated in my class rank, there, there was a possibility that I may not be accepted. And those check boxes had to do with, um, are, are you a permanent resident? Are you a citizen? Mm-hmm. I couldn't check either. I was undocumented. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went into college. I got accepted to a couple of universities, but I couldn't get any state or federal scholarships because I was undocumented. I was an illegal student, even though I had the grades and even though I had uh, the tenacity and the want um, I was illegal. So, you know, that that's tough. That's tough going yeah. into college. Even though you're accepted, that's tough going into college because there's no reward at the end. There's no prize at the end. Let's say you go through four years at, you know, at a college, whether that Texas or A&M or Baylor where I went, there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to attain work after your four-year degree because you legally, you can't. So, 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 so I, I did a very important thing that that senior year. I said, "Mom, you know, I don't know, I don't know if I can go to college with this, you know, with this undocumented status. I, I don't know if I'll be able to graduate." So we prayed about it. We hoped um, that I would get accepted, and I did. I got accepted to Baylor with a lot of institutional scholarships. Um, oh. So Baylor paid the institution, the donors for that university paid for me to go to college there because they saw something in me. They saw something in me and, um, you know, and I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for that. And now I'm in a position to give back to Baylor and I'm proud of that. But when, but when you go into college undocumented with no reward and then no guarantee of a job, you got to have a lot of hope. You, You have to have a lot of hope and you have to know who you are. Hmm. So, was it so you so when you went to Baylor, and you know you you went your four years, um, you know you said you had you made a you made a statement you said you didn't know if you'd have a job you know you know once you got through with you know your you know your your grade you know your university the university level, and so did you go right into the workforce once you got out of college or you? What happened was during my um, during my time at, at, at Baylor, I reached out to um, a couple organizations to help me out. Catholic charities. I talked to some professors, and that connected me to the right people to start the application process for the permanent residency uh, card. The permanent residency card allows, uh, after a, a long process of, of paying for for uh, the right paperwork to be filed. It allows you to stay in the United States for 10 years at a time 
at the conclusion of the 10 years, you have to renew your permanent residency. So, so, so I don't know why they call it a permanent residency because you're not permanent. You got, you got to, you got to renew it every 10 years. But, um, you know, I get hooked up with the right people and I file the right application and I work, you know, I worked on, on making it, making it through the application process, you know, and in my faith and my hope, it, it kept me going. It kept me focused in the classroom. And, and you know, Ms. Kelly, you know how God works, you know, senior year at Baylor, um, three months before I graduate in May, and I get approved as a permanent resident. Wow. Hmm. So to answer, to answer your question, I was able to go into the workforce, but I was prepared. I was prepared not to go into the workforce. My my plan was to continue um, at Baylor and and attain a master's until the paperwork went through. But the paperwork went through. I got a job, and I still decided to continue doing my master's. So it seems to me that you know, like you like you said that you know your mother, you know, she had a dream for her family. And you stayed on you stayed on that path of that dream that your mother had. You know, education was the was the number one priority. You know, for your you and your your, your siblings. And so, um, you know, you just so did you did you did you make sure that you you know that you you know you didn't try to stray or you just make sure that this is the this is the number one goal. You know, to you know to stay on this path that my mother my mother wanted. You know, you know, I, I try to get off the path so many times because it was easier. It was easier. I didn't have to focus as much. I didn't have to try as hard. I didn't. I was. I didn't have to worry about you know not being able to attain the goal that my mother had always sought for me. It would be easier if I just kind of went awry. And I tried. I'll be honest with you. I tried. I wasn't the best student early on. I remember. I remember early on when I was in elementary school. I, you know, I got into a little pushing match in elementary school, and um, and I got into the principal's office, and they called my mother. At that time, um, we didn't have a vehicle, so she had to walk to school. So she walked two miles. For me, it felt like an eternity waiting for her to come to school because I was in trouble. It felt like an eternity. It felt like two or three days, but... You know, she walked two miles. That woman walked two miles. You know, she got there, and it was hot. It was in the spring uh, semester in Crawford. It was hot. She walks in. She's sweating. You know, my mother's fair skin, so she's all red, uh, sweating. And I just feel, I just feel so ashamed, Miss Kelly. I felt so ashamed. I did. <laughs> so, so you know, she she she, she comes in to the principal's office. She didn't know any English, so I got to translate what I did. And, you know, what that, what, that, what that situation taught me was this, that she was willing to put the effort in, that she was willing to put the effort in, and I needed to do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so do, so do, you see, do you see yourself in other young people that you come in contact with you know, on a daily basis, because in your current position, but do you see young people that, you know, you go, you know what, they were, they were, I was like them, you know? And so also when you see them, 
are you are do you motivate them or do you and I and I always you know like you said I, you, you, you want to share your story so that they can know that hey you know you know I was in the same situation you were if you just work hard you know do the right things you can be you can do the same exact thing and so do you do you see that in, in young people you know you know you know you you see a, 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 a little Mr. Avenida somewhere, you know, in, in education. <laughs> I mean, do you see that on a daily basis? Well, 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 well first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I don't see too many of me. <laughs> too many of me wouldn't, wouldn't be a good thing. But I do. I do. Here in Corsicana, we have a high uh, Hispanic population in the district, and we have a high number of students, whether the community knows it or not, that are undocumented, you know. Uh, uh-huh. So they have many obstacles, just like I did. But but that's not. We're not going to make any excuses here in the Corsicana Independent School District. We don't have the luxury of emotions with them. We got to uh-huh. get them through. We got to get them through the district, high, the most highly educated, so that they can have hope and do well and excel when they're in college. And you know, put them in a position to know the paperwork that needs to be filed. Um, but hope and, and getting them educated to the highly maximum extent possible without, you know, without throwing a pity party for them. You know, like I said earlier, we don't have the luxury of emotion. We can worry about yeah. that after we get our degree and get our job and, 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 and are successful. But, yes, we have a lot of those students. Um, you know, I, I, see, I see myself in them. One of the reasons I work so hard um, here in this district is because I want them to be successful. I know the difficulties that being non-educated brings. I don't want them to go through that. That's very difficult, not only for them, but the family um, that are around them or that they they, they, they um, create. So, you know, it's tough. You know, when, you, when you've dealt with some of the experiences that I've dealt with, you want to do everything in your power, everything in your legitimate authority, so that they don't have to experience what you experience. Yeah. So you, so you, and, and you know, you didn't mention your wife earlier because I wanted you to introduce you. You, you know, you have a wife and kids, but both of, both of you and your wife both obtained your doctorate, and so um, do you? Do you when do you consider yourself? You know, and I say not. I don't call, I don't say role model, a real model. And so do you see yourself a real model for, you know, your, your community, you know, the Hispanic community? Do they, do they look and say, hey, you know, here is, you know, this, you know, here is Dr. Dr. Alvineda, Dr. A, and he is, you know, he represents our community and we're so proud of him. So do you see yourself in that role? You know what? I think I've trans I've transitioned into that role, but I've never seen myself in that role, nor did I want that role. What I set out to do was to get as highly educated as possible to help students not have to experience what I experienced. But I've transitioned. But technically, into that. technically, you are a role model because you know we, when we say you know a lot of times we say role models are like you know people that we can't get to, you know, they're like the movie stars or the basketball players or the football players. But I tend to always revert back to, I like to see the actual role models that I can, you know, walk up to, that I can have, you know, have a conversation with, 
you know, that's who I consider my my real models or my role models. And so I do consider you being a role model for the community, for you know, for your your community. And so that's why it's so important to be visible and to, you know, always, you know, be where they they can, you know, talk to you and they can, you know, ask you questions and that way they can know, you know, give them direction on how they, they can maybe obtain the same status that you have. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've accepted the role. I've accepted the role. I never sought out to be a role model. I just yeah. did what I think I needed to to help students and to help the community and to help parents and anybody that needed to help them bring them up to where I am. Uh, but you're right. I've transitioned into that role, not even knowing that I was going to transition into the role. Uh, but you're right. Um, you know, sharing my story and being being open and uh, accessible uh, and sharing the strategies that I use to overcome some of these obstacles um, is needed. And, and I have transitioned into that role, even though I didn't seek it. Yeah. So, so what is your? So, what kind of legacy would you like to leave? If- you know, when when you you know you know you know so many years, and you you know you you've been in education, or you wrote all your books and all that. What kind of legacy would you like to leave? I want I want others at the end of the day to say, you know, that man put put others the the, the well being of others before himself. He put himself last. He he. He wanted others to be just as successful as him, so he did everything, everything he could to make sure that they had the same opportunity that he had to succeed. And if, that's, and if that means putting myself last, if that means putting myself behind the limelight, um, then I want people to recognize that and to, um, to, to leave that as a legacy. That at the end of the day, he always sought to make others' lives better. Wow. Even if that meant at the expense of his success. Wow. Well, Dr. Avenade, I have enjoyed our conversation and so um, I I know that you're you're gonna you're gonna go far into whatever you you know, whatever you decide you wanna do in the next, you know, whatever you you know, several years or you know, whatever the next plan is, or whatever the next you know step is, you know I'm, I'm you know I just think that you know you have the heart um, to obtain whatever you put your in your mind to, and so um, I, and like I said earlier, you know I want to you to have the opportunity to give your shout outs to anybody that you'd like to give me shout outs to, um, and make sure because you didn't do it at the beginning that you mentioned you know your lovely wife. And you know, you have a new one, you have a new baby, you have a new baby boy, mm-hmm. and of course, your little girl. So, without further ado, go ahead and give your shout outs to anybody you'd like to give your shout outs to. Well, well, of course, my family. And at the end of the day, you know, this this commitment to the service of others requires so much, yeah. you know, time, effort, commitment. Um, you know, at their expense too. So my shout out would be um, to, to to my family, just, just all encompassing, um, because 
<clears throat> there's been there's been long nights, there's been uh, long weeks, long months, um, and 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 they stayed by me the whole time. So, just a shout out to to to, to my family and, and and the entire Course Canada community. You know, and I saw where you went back to. Did you go back to Crawford um, and and kind of you know recognize you know I think was it a teacher or somebody that was really impactful in your life, impactful in your education. I did. You know, I, I think the world of teachers, you know, if it was up to me, they'd, they'd be the highest paid profession in, in, the, in the United States. Um, the reason I think so highly of them is because um, a second grade teacher, you know, she believed in me. Um, mm-hmm. A teacher, a teacher believed in me, you know, um, and she thought I could do what I thought I couldn't. So, you know, as long as I live, um, I'll go go to my grave uh, knowing that that the teaching profession and that the teachers in this world uh, make a difference. You know, everything they say, everything they do makes an impact. That's why that that's why it's so important that what they do and what they say is positive. Yes, yes, yes. Well, thank you, uh, thank you so much for accepting to be on the Canada Girl Speaks podcast, and um, uh, just you know, keep doing what you're doing, Dr. Alvinado. Just keep doing what you're doing, and you are um, a, a real model for our young people. Um, I know that you are a real model for your community, and so I'm so excited that you are here in the city of Corsicana, because I know that. Uh, you're going to motivate others to do what you're doing. And so, just like I said, thank you again for being on Kelly Goes Speaks podcast. You're welcome, Miss um, Kelly. You're welcome. Yeah, you're I, hope I, didn't ruin your, I hope I didn't ruin oh, your Oh, no. No, I have enjoyed it all. You know, I, I said I enjoyed just the whole, the whole inspiration of your story. Thank you so much again. And yes, to ma'am. my listening audience, thank you again for um, supporting Kelly Goes Speaks podcast. And just continue to stay safe, um, you know, with... Um, the COVID, um, I still uh, uh, continue just to practice social distancing and, you know, wash your hands and wear your mask. And um, we know the vaccine is on the horizon, but we just have to continue just to, you know, be safe. And um, that's what that's all I have this evening. So thank you again uh, for supporting the, the, the podcast. And y'all have a good evening. <laughs>